Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm a presenter. Let me take you on a journey. Marching through parks. Climbing trees. Oh, fuck. From the top of a mountain. Well, the bottom of the sea. From up in the sky. From inside the belly of a member of the Bee Gees. I'm not sure which one. I'll be whispering into a microphone. And I'll be sat down thinking and talking in this rather more pensive voice. I'll be riding a unicycle and taking a flight. Talking to some people you might have heard of but also a lot of people that you definitely haven't. Who the hell is this person? Because what I discover doesn't even matter a jot. Because it's all about the journey. And that is modern narrative media for you, or as we like to call it, content creation. State Park in Hurricane, Utah. Yes, it's a long way from London, but a very beautiful place. And there's a reservoir in front of me that you can swim in, and some picnic benches, and some jet skis, and lots of very, very big cars. Um, I am here to introduce this episode of Park Date, which features the very brilliant Ben Gamori. Ben is a producer and DJ. You should check out his stuff. Um, he has remixed uh, the likes of Morchiba and Orchestra Baobab. Um, Giles Peterson is a big fan of his. He's done uh, stuff with huge tunes, um, Stern's edits. Uh, he runs the Monologues Records label himself and he's also responsible for the pitch back uh, pitch black <laughs> playback <laughs> sessions i knew i was gonna mess that up i could record this over and over again uh, until i got this right and it, i just never would but the purpose of uh, ben's uh, night uh, is that you can listen to music in the dark and it furthers your appreciation of it because you're just concentrating on the sound so we talked about that and we talked about his uh, DJing appearances and you can catch Ben uh, he plays regularly in London and Berlin and he's been playing in Ibiza this summer as well so 
do check out his live performances and his uh, remixes. He's a great guy, a great DJ, and we're going to have a talk about the music that inspired him. In this episode of Park Date, if you like it, please leave us a review. The best review will win a prize, I promise. I'm going to get some uh, priceless Utah granite or sandstone or whatever the hell these uh, mountains are made of. Take it back and uh, give it to one of you guys. As a prize for whoever leaves the best review, the socials are at Park Day Podcast. Please enjoy. Welcome to Hackney Downs. I'm here with Ben Gomori. Ben, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah, feeling feeling fresh. Excellent. Got the like dying embers of I don't think you can call this summer really, can you? But like it's an all right day. <laughs> exactly. For England. So yeah, nice to be We're here. not getting wet. We're not getting wet. Exactly. And we haven't seen each other for a while. It's really nice to see you again. And Likewise. like with Yeah, with the pandemic, I think a lot of people it was hard to kind of catch up as much as you wanted to. So it's good to it was it was difficult to see, meet people in that pandemic, wasn't it? Famously so, yeah. Yeah, but it became illegal. You couldn't see your friends because it was breaking the law. So. so much, so much like trauma just still like lingering in the yeah. back of all of our brains. I exactly, think. and we were just saying as well, weren't we? It's um, yeah. What well, I, I was saying to you, I, I kind of reached the point where I thought, actually, I want to do more collaborative things. Maybe I don't want to just be sat mm-hmm. at home every single day writing books because it reminded me too much of the pandemic being being alone you were kind of saying the same thing weren't you like yeah it's really I think it's really important uh for any creative person to you obviously need your alone time you need lots of it but you need other people to uh bounce ideas off and um yeah especially if you're like a textbook extrovert like me and you kind of get a lot of your energy from interactions with other people um but also aside from the kind of like very direct benefits of just like you know working with someone or exchanging ideas with them I kind of realized I think during the pandemic a bit before that um, I had kind of retreated from the social side of of the music stuff I do the sort of scene that I DJ and produce in um, for a couple of reasons and I was kind of just dealing with people mostly through like digital interactions Um, so still very much involved but it was all just sort of emailing people and stuff and just realised after a while that's uh, especially with something like yeah dance music which is all about socialising and you know being together with people you kind of have to you, you have to be part of the community and you have to be meeting people making connections otherwise you're just you know someone streaming online from your bedroom like we all yeah. had to in the pandemic so I have also been making lots more efforts just to meet people who I'd only spoken to on like email or DMs or whatever, uh, meet new people who I, I admire their work or like what they're doing um, and also just trying to do a few more things which are in that world but just do them sort of for fun. So like I've been producing music now for like 12 years or something and I yeah. started out before I was doing it on my own, I was learning through other people and collaborating with them and since I learned to do it myself, I literally have not collaborated with anyone um directly like in person and that needs to change so i'm sort of looking to 
do a bit more of that but mainly yeah just have fun with it and just be like let's just get together and like piss about with some equipment yeah. and don't worry about what the end result's going to be and just like enjoy spending time together and like being inspired and listening to music and then just pressing some buttons and see if anything yeah. comes out of it yeah. which is the, exactly the kind of line of thinking that I've been having recently just thought well let's make some stuff let's kind of experiment with podcasting and maybe some TV and film and see kind of what comes out of it and maybe you have those points where actually you can get like uh, something that you wouldn't get from if you were just working by yourself you have Absolutely. that spark between yeah. people that you didn't really ex- you didn't really expect something to come out of it and then maybe that's how that's how the magic is uh, always magic yeah you have to you have to open yourselves up to all the different ways of creating I think and um, yeah be open to ideas coming from anywhere anytime and 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 um like fostering those conditions for that to happen so yeah yeah, that could be collaborating with someone it could be you know there's times that i've been in a different environment to my studio my laptop like on a train or in some airbnb somewhere or something and i find myself very inspired because my brain's just not in its like usual rut of like you're in your studio in your house and it's this big and this is what it sounds like and these are the things at your disposal and also you've got to go and hang out the washing blah 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 so just to put yourselves in different environments and scenarios I think is really really important I think yeah too many of us just forget about that and don't do it enough yeah that's really interesting I, I remember reading about a lot of musicians who said they were inspired to write songs while they were on the road as well some of the greatest songs ever have been written in hotels haven't they where yeah, yeah. musicians have been in a different place and they've kind of got uh, in a different headspace so mm-hmm. sometimes being away can be very very inspirational can't it yeah. yeah yeah. I mean down to like you know I remember saying seeing something that said like if you commute to work you should switch up your route every now and then because it really helps your brain open up new sort of creative pathways yeah. just by having a slightly different uh, uh, a different um, a change to your routine yeah. um, but then the flip side of that is I also read another thing which said that how important ritual can be for um, creative processes so but that could be something really small and that could be something you can combine with changing a scenario but it can be um, whatever you do lighting some candles or just something which tells your brain okay now we're switching over into creative mode so there's something to be said for a bit of both but as with anything in life it's all about you know moderation and indeed and contrast indeed well should we go for a little uh, let's yeah. go for a little show shall we ben we're joined as well by our old friend the wind uh, mm. today our new friend trains because we're walking trains and uh walking. rustling autumn leaves rustling autumn, a real vibe a real <laughs> atmospheric touch exactly so uh there's all, all kinds of interesting interesting background noise which sometimes makes this podcast sound uh uh fantastic and at other times can be very annoying yes. in the edit i i'm i'm rec- it's gonna be a vibe it's gonna be an autumn vibe and indeed. really bring that to life I think. indeed so those collaborations and stuff you're talking about ben what's it what's it led you to recently because you seem to be seem to have been quite prolific recently you've been doing do, uh, do you think you've been in a kind of spell where you felt um like you've, you you know you've been inspired you've been doing a lot of DJing and making music and stuff recently haven't you yeah um well I guess some of it on the on like the production side I guess it's a little bit of an illusion because I've just had a real backlog of stuff that I made 
I guess most of it during the pandemic. Um, but to be honest, I feel like some of it was even before. Mm. Just uh, labels can be very, very slow at putting out stuff. Um, so I'm literally still waiting on some stuff that I made several years ago to come out. Or people have been asking me for material and I've shown them some stuff which never got signed. So there's stuff from even further back which has been coming out. I just released something that I made like eight years ago. Um, which has been doing quite well but at the time I made it it was like just very kind of not in vogue style and I just sat on it and forgot about it for years and then went back to it and tweaked it a little bit and and someone really liked it and put it out so brilliant yeah I actually the last few months I feel like I've really barely made any music because um, I've been away a lot I've been DJing a bit more um, summer's always just like quite busy I guess with like fun engagements so yeah I'm kind of itching to get back to things and last night I finally sat down and started a couple of new things so yeah there's a little bit of illusion with that I just got a backlog of stuff that's still coming yeah. out and things that no one wanted to sign which I'm now just releasing on my own label I like Monologues your records. so Ben's got this amazing shirt on I'm going mean, to have to buy one of these Monologues Records you can't I'm afraid it's a limited edition oh, wow one of one. <laughs> So this is um, it looks fantastic. I was looking for very cool dark blue shirt with Monologues Records. Thank you. It's yeah. so apparently what very, it technically cool. is is well the section in the um, vintage shop in Amsterdam I went to. They said this is Japanese workwear. Yeah. And the brand that was underneath the whole reason that motivated me to get a patch made in my labels logo um, was it was a word. I'm not going to say what the word was, but it's a word that is is a homonym for a word that you definitely don't want to be wearing on your jacket <laughs> right, yeah. um, so I was like oh why don't I look into getting a patch made anyway the patch was like 10 quid on Etsy and then a, a guy sewed it on for me for like 2 quid at like the local tailoring whatever shop so real and well I was off. like I've got a, I've got a one one, one of one awesome. uh, edition thank you yeah. yeah I'm really really happy with it I think customising vintage stuff is now going to be like my thing because what could be better than having something that's like completely unique and you know you're recycling at the same time exactly yeah so um, double win yeah that's the story of that uh yeah uh, so i i guess i have been busy and yeah djing has been picking up and a part of that has been that i kind of decided to more and more be trying to make my own luck um and opportunities rather than waiting for someone to book you try and put on your own things that's always my kind of advice to people um yeah that's the one of the most annoying things with creativity isn't it waiting to be green lit yeah exactly <laughs> exactly very, very annoying and that's why <laughs> and that's why i think you need both you need to everyone should have at least one platform where they can put something out themselves without anyone else um yeah. having to gatekeep it so yeah i've been I get, yeah, trying to put on a few more of my own nights. It's sort of, I haven't done anything for a long time, especially in London. I've never really done anything because my kind of, you know, as you get older, your mates stop going clubbing so much, and it's harder to, you know, you want to build these things from a sort of community upwards. Yeah. But now I'm in a position where like a few people are sort of willing to, because I've got a, you know, a good platform with with the label and like with my following, people are a bit more open to giving me. Uh, 
opportunities to sort of put on nights and give you budgets to book guests and stuff like that so doing a bit more of that but yeah just trying to trying to um create my own things yeah more definitely. and more opportunities so sit down here for a minute you were playing weren't you at sisyphus recently and lots uh, of other uh... played there in may i played on my birthday oh um, nice how was that night uh it was i mean it's always great it was the it was one of it was i played there like i think that was the fifth time i played there now and yeah. it's like absolutely my favorite yeah. place to play in the world um the room i play in the winter garden it's just like i can play stuff there that like i can't play anywhere else and people just go with it so absolutely love playing there uh yeah the last one was it was the least busy i've done but that kind of came with its own rewards it was um one of their it was labor day i think or something like that mm. uh no i may always day. get confused was it may day or was the one at end of may it was a bank right. holiday i think it was, that was just one of those weird like religious holidays that we don't have here may day in berlin is always crazy isn't yeah it? that's that's a famous <laughs> things, one things get a bit uh this was something like lively. ascension day or something like that yeah. i don't know anyway they had a bank holiday on the thursday or wednesday and they stayed they did one of their parties where they stayed open from wednesday until monday mm-hmm. and i played on the evening of the bank holiday or the day after or something so it had been busy in the day and then a lot of people had to go back to work on the Friday. So it was, yeah, the whole place was as, as sort of least busy I'd seen it as, as, ever before, but it was still just so much fun. And, and yeah, the, when I say there's like rewards that come with that, you know, it took the pressure off to play like at a certain level and energy. And it meant I could sort of go a bit deeper later on somehow. And you have a few more interactions with people because they feel like I can come and like speak to you when it's not completely packed. Um, so yeah I'm just itching to get back there I don't know when it will be but yeah it's been like kind of a couple of times a year usually so fingers crossed to have me back soon yeah clubbing in Berlin is so different to every every other city really isn't it it's yeah you know, such a part of the city's kind of DNA it is yeah it's um, it's just so everything's so permissive there and um, it just makes for an atmosphere because it's cheap as well mm. you know there's just always something going on and something something i miss in london that um was very like part of the the not uh what's the word i'm looking for yeah the fabric uh excuse the pun of of the (laughs) um of like the city and the culture and the clubbing here was that there was loads of amazing uh weekday nights and that just doesn't really yeah. exist much anymore there's sort of things that line the lamb but i think they usually finish at midnight on a thursday they're like really fun but there used to be things like you know there was um movement on a thursday like drum and bass night at bar rumba with like all the bristol crew swerve at wednesday uh, at the end of wednesdays fabio's night yeah. there was lots of lots of trash things. And trash of course Monday, yeah wasn't it yeah um and i feel like the reason we don't have that anymore is because it's so expensive to live in london that there are far fewer like you know most or lots of people i know who are creative people or have a creative endeavor like a dj or an artist or whatever they are most of them certainly more so than 20 years ago they have to have another job to make ends meet and that means they have to be in work often at like 10am you know I know someone who's 
they're an incredibly busy up and coming DJ they're like their diaries rammed but they do like two or three days a week at a social media agency so it just means that I think there's less a bit less freedom for people there's less people who fewer people rather um, who are able to go out and just have it on a on a weeknight yeah I think the Sunday scene's been getting better again um, but yeah I, I miss that and I think that kind of element is still a bit more alive in Berlin because you can get by in so little and yeah. people have you know atypical work lives or they just DJ a few nights a week and, yeah. and, and they can live off it it's fun, funny you mentioned about weekdays as well As uh, I, I spent a lot of time in clubs when I was younger not, not quite so much now but weekday weeknights were always the best yeah. in fact to the extent that I remember when I was younger especially when I was a student you wouldn't go out at the weekend the weekend was kind of yeah. for other people like <laughs> we would say for locals it's probably a bit a bit unfair of us to say that back in the day but I think everyone understands what that what that meant like if you love music and you loved you love going out you would want to go out on a Wednesday or a Monday or something yeah it you knew you weren't going to get like loads of like heads yeah. and like stag dudes or yeah. like Saturday tourists who didn't all, know what they're yeah. going to you always wanted to avoid like Friday and Saturday yeah yeah, yeah, that's yeah so I miss that but yeah Berlin is just still uh, yeah I still haven't in recent times sort of experience mm. like crowds and energies like you know I do I go there usually yeah. they're definitely about but I just uh, yeah it's been a while in London since I've been to something where I really felt in an electric atmosphere people tell me that um, Unfold at Fold is like the one if you want it's like feels like Berlin or Bergheim in London but um, it's like pretty brutally hard techno and that's not my thing yeah it's um, <laughs> as much something kind of curious to go and see it I always like Safari yeah exactly I always like Corsica Studios I thought they were doing Corsica's always solid yeah really interesting stuff and yeah great to see them still going but isn't it incredible how you know you go to King's Cross now and sure Ben you'll remember like the cross and all those kind of all these kind of things that were happening back then and those you're gonna you're getting me to like one of my angry yeah my gears moments yeah cross central festival and now well for those who don't know this area of King's Cross that used to be this clubbing mecca of London now a very polished mm-hmm. shopping centre and which, there's never anyone in any of the shops no <laughs> um, I, I, I really like Cold Drops Yard and I, I do I mm. do generally really like what they've done with the development and there are some great things there like Voices Radio I played for them recently mm. Spiritland is, is like fun um, it has some great DJs I need to go to Spiritland yeah I've heard good things about it yeah um, they used to do really good food as well and then the kitchen mm. closed during the pandemic I don't know if they reopened it but um I just think it's completely ridiculous that they didn't earmark some space to continue clubbing heritage there. They've got all these, there's this like little gallery in like one of the tunnels where it's it's got a little potted history of the area with like pictures by Dave Swindells, who's like a great club photographer and used to be Time Out nightlife editor, um, and some words from somewhere I can't remember who. But, you know, sort of lauding it as like, this is where, you know, clubbing was really like one of its epicenters in, in the UK. Uh, and they sort of want to trade off that goodwill and heritage. But then all they've allowed there to be is Lafayette, which is, um, they do have DJs there, but it's not a club thing. It's more of a gig place. And I think, I think it's licensed maybe only till two. But I just, there's no, absolutely no reason that I can see that there shouldn't be a soundproof well-run club or two there yeah because you know it's it's pretty basically dead after you know 11 
and why wouldn't you want people coming there and enjoying it um you know the flats are all kind of uh you know spaced out from it and i think a lot of them are empty my, my friend i know is a property journalist told me that at the time they were being built lots of them were just being bought up by sort of foreign wealth funds and investors and you know yeah we're just sitting on them um so yeah i wish i hope that at some point a club comes back there because that was some of my absolutely best times there like yeah. going to when they had secret sunday every other sunday on the roof at canvas it was just like absolute magic and um, i was lucky enough to be resident at some nights at the cross and the key for a while yeah. which were always just so so fun um and just great crowd and when they did those TDK Cross Central TDK festivals cross where Central, they had exactly. all the venues and the courtyards was absolutely amazing they were amazing it was on bank holiday August bank holiday weekend wasn't it um, and yeah I remember great 06 05 06 they were fantastic so good yeah I only got to go to one but I was like this is this is absolutely yeah. amazing because you had like the good bits of having an outdoor festival kind of vibe but then you could just be like, let's go into one of three clubs, each of which has like multiple rooms. Yeah, so good, so good. So I hope, I hope, hope things come back, come back like that. It is definitely encouraging, and this was something that I hoped would happen as a result of the pandemic and working from home and so many uh, like central London spaces being empty. Is that it does seem that uh, developers and landlords are realising that like well we can make rent from hiring this place out as a club or letting it be developed as a club so um orange yard opened like before the pandemic actually uh which was like the first club in central london for like underground music like as part of its offering mm. that i can remember in absolute ages so that was encouraging and now here's just opened which is like absolutely enormous space like three stories underground which is being run by um the team behind Percolate and some other people I just read about a place that's apparently opening in Piccadilly called Neon I read about it in Faith magazine but <coughs> I couldn't find anything about it on the internet but hopefully that's coming soon mm. uh, so yeah you know um, there's just there's something special about going out in central London obviously there's lots of advantages to all the clubs that have popped up around the periphery you know well, there's lots near you in Tottenham as well isn't there the, there the are well the like core that. the cores shut down sadly um, but there is still a place I forget what the name is but it's um, it's up by Beaver Town Brewery um, yeah kind of behind Tottenham Hale which is a nice a nice space um, and you know there's places like MOT in um, in uh, sort of Surrey Keys sort of area there's a bunch of places like that around around the edge which yeah you, you can you know have really loud sound you don't how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm velour xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist visit juvederm.com that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Get uh, people walking up to it by mistake, you know, that everyone is there is there because they know they've come for the music or someone's told them about it, or whatever. So, those places are great and absolutely bring something new, but they tend to be warehouse conversions. And for me, having grown up with places that were sort of modeled more as clubs with sort of nooks and crannies and bits of staging, and I find those places help you kind of forget the real world better for me personally anyway um, they give me more of a sense of a escapism rather than like I am in a warehouse which has been you know kitted out uh, for, for a clubbing purpose so I, I yeah I hope for more spaces like that and yeah. I think it's great that we're now starting to have both once again and yeah long may that dichotomy sort of continue yeah that's really interesting I know what you mean I, I do remember when I first uh, when I first came to London about oh like 06, 07, something like that. There was a lot of warehouse parties at that stage mm. while Hackney was kind of gentrifying um, lots of kind of warehouses I remember going to and Bethnal Green and Dalston and stuff where you would see these ad hoc parties which were, I guess, essentially illegal. Um, but they were very fun places to be. <laughs> they, they were, I was, that was, yeah, basically the time that I, exact time I started, I finished uni and started working mm. in London and I, while I was at uni, I started working for doing sort of bits of PR stuff for a promoter called Will Patterson, who then was, he was like, he promoted very big, like some of the biggest hard house nights in the UK. He did like Brixton Academy three times a year and stuff. And he also had a club in Vauxhall called Hidden. Um, but then he started, he set up 
Eastern Electrics with um, Rob Starr, who owns the Star of Hackney Downs. Star of Hackney Downs is just at the edge of this park. Um, And who then was promoting Mullet Over with Geddes. And they were kind of along with Secret Sundays, the kind of the people who really kind of made warehouse parties like a a bigger a bigger thing Mm -hmm. again. And crucially, after I think some illicit things found the way to uh, make them do them legally because uh, I think that's when the council started creating these temporary event notices which you can get a certain number of a year as a promoter or a venue owner and that lets you go till you know six in the morning uh, so Will started working with Rob and our office was on Curtin Road uh, I, I started working full-time for him as soon as I finished uni basically mm. and there was two car park spaces like adjacent to um the building basically and they started managing them and doing all the bookings um and then everyone started sort of catching on to this sort of way of doing things and yeah there was loads of amazing spaces around there um and it was a very exciting time because it just felt like every weekend someone would discover a new car park or warehouse or um and it was all sort of concentrated in the sort of Shoreditch Hackney area so obviously now it's just like hen parties and stag do yeah. sadly um, I, loved, I, loved wasteland. How you, I loved how you'd always get in those warehouse parties there'd always be a paddling pool with beer, <laughs> with beer in you know what I mean they'd fill the paddling pool with water and the beer cans would be I never saw that I see. I feel like that was, became a trope I think you, you went really to it sounds like you went to like the proper illegal ones and <laughs> I went was, to the ones where they like was very, got a licence was amazing very, yeah very sketchy ones the beer was always a paddling pool I was like yeah this is the mark of a good nice <laughs> party no there was yeah. some yeah there was some amazing parties around here uh, around that time that was that was mm. a very um, exciting era um but yeah, now it's it feels a lot more like things are a bit more permanent. Like a place will get a, a license, and that's you know that's the spot yeah. in North London or East London or wherever. But yeah. yeah, there's still plenty of good spaces out. There's always stuff happening, isn't there? People write off, you know, electronic music. Journalists never missed opportunities to say clubs are dead mm-hmm. or dance music is dead or whatever. Or, and that, or Beyonce and Drake have saved house music. Right. Yeah. And they'll, I mean, there'll always be, you know, there is a human need to dance, to listen to music. Like, we're always going to find ways, maybe styles change or yeah, trends Apple, change. Yeah, Apple mentioned uh, Will Patterson, uh, who I'm finally actually having lunch with this week for the first time in ages. He's now um, booker at E1 in oh. uh, Shadwell, I believe. Um, but he I remember I think I interviewed him for something about like what was happening with like clubs in London shutting down years ago and he said you know there will always be spaces people will always find spaces Um, you just have to think a bit more creatively sometimes and look outside the box or look at doing different hours or whatever it is but yeah and there's also a couple of there's like a couple of like kind of secret invite only spaces going on there's one I've in central London again that I want to check out, uh, which I've been trying to go and have a look at for a while. But yeah, it's uh, I think it's a it's a good time, and you know there were some some small positives that maybe came out of uh, came out of the pandemic, just with regards to you know, very sad how many businesses went under. But um, yeah, I guess some some other businesses getting a, an yeah. opportunity. But you know who knows how that what the distribution is, of who who lost out, and you know usually the people who are in a position to take advantage of these opportunities tend to be people who already 
more well off or comfortable yeah but, uh, I think it's good to see um, parties in kind of different places as well re- re- revolving kind of parties my friend Andre puts on this night called we got this in different okay. different places Maybe if you're ever ever free I'm sure he'd love you love you to DJ there I'll check it I, out I play uh, I play some very bad very bad indie and 80s music and stuff like that but nice. you can be a proper DJ okay we can get a proper DJ in sounds good and it will be <laughs> It'll be uh, nice to have uh, nice to have some uh, some professionalism, but yeah, I think it's good. You know, people are putting on parties all the time in different ways and different different places, and I've always loved that DIY thing as well, right? Like when people just go and do stuff, and it's just for the love, right? Not mm-hmm. for the you know you get promoters doing it to make money, but ultimately, a lot of the scene with, with music, I think you know you can tell when people are doing it because they love it, can't yeah. you? Yeah, you kind of know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's a double-edged sword to um, things becoming more professional. You know, I think the scene has lost like a bit of soul by, uh, you know, becoming more business-oriented. But, you know, those organisations can be easier to deal with and more reliable than, you know, some of the old-school promoters we used to know potentially um, <laughs> yeah there's some uh, characters shall yeah, say yeah and there. there, but there's always there's, there will always be people who are putting on parties because they want yeah. the money or the attention or the perceived glamour or whatever those elements always exist and I think they just are a bit different they are, they are yeah they're just different how they used to be but there's always there's always yeah. that element and it's good to see, you know, people doing innovative things. Like, um, I, I wanted to talk to you, Ben, about your um, things you put on where people listen to albums in the dark. Yeah, pitch back playback. Pitch back, pitch back. <laughs> I could see, back. I could see you were like, I don't want to try and pronounce it. I know people, people have pitch a problem. Black. People, Why is that so hard to say? Pitch black playback. It's just one of those sort of very mild tongue twisters in. Yeah, uh, although people find it difficult to say, I find that it does imprint it on their mind yeah. uh, quite well. So I think it kind of it does a job. It's brilliant. What led you to um, so, that idea, So um, it stretches back to when I was the editor of Data Transmission, which I think is how we met yeah. through Joe yeah. Gatton somehow. Indeed. Um, yes, did we Joe, meet? I think it was through Joe. Yeah. I haven't seen Joe for ages. I'm seeing him this week as well, actually. Say so hello I'll, to Joe I'll for I'll me. Pass on, pass on yes. um, oh, God, oh, my God. It's a few stories involving Joe that oh yeah, not, be, not be mentioned in the De- podcast. <laughs> definitely. I'll remind him about that. Um, Basically everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I was... So you were working at DT, yeah? Yeah, I, was, I, I think I was actually kind of on my way out or I just left or I was about to leave. I got invited by Ninja Tune to a press preview they were doing for Amon Tobid's album, I Sam, and they mm. were doing it in the Soho Hotel's screening rooms. Ah. And it was a thing where you came and sat down in like a nice armchair and they, were, they played the album in sort of like virtual surround sound. Yeah. Um, and they had some animations from the tour visuals up on the screen so it wasn't in the dark but it was like come and listen to this and shut the fuck up and enjoy it and see what you think and I'd never listened to music in that sort of environment before with like you know speakers all around you and like being able to feel the the sub really well um sitting quite near the front so that kind of helped uh but I just thought this would be a great way to listen to like 
music to listen to albums and the initial idea which is still part of what we do but it's the kind of smaller part I guess is that I wanted to bring that exclusive experience that the press and industry get to have where they hear the album before it comes out to a small number of like super fans basically uh, and find a way to you know make it at least pay for itself so I started doing it and the first couple I did I just like hide out that same venue because I really liked it yeah. um, for people that don't know this is a screening room which I've been to it's very nice underneath the hotel isn't it yeah so they've and got two yeah and it's where you know films are kind of shown often to press and distributors yeah. and stuff exactly yeah very yeah. very nice uh, armchairs and yeah you know, yeah quite a small cinema exactly well we used the biggest screen which had like kind of quite normal seats like 100 seats but yeah. um yeah, so I did a couple of those where I just sort of paid for the venue and got labels to uh, take a chance on what we do because obviously we had no history. But I was like, look, we'll just we'll promote this for you. Um, it's a nice thing you can invite people to the band and the label. You can publicise it on your socials, give away tickets for free. I just want proof of concept, basically. So we did two of those. Um, big up to Simon Raymond from uh, Bella Union formerly Cocteau Twins taking a chance on us and doing uh, an Explosions in the Sky album premiere with us yeah. um, that was the very first thing we did and so That's I spent band. Yeah. yeah really perfect for it I mean it's really takes you on a, a journey man uh, that kind of vibe yeah. um, and you see all these crazy soundscapes in your head so it was really very well suited to it but we did I did a couple of years sort of trying to do those and it was very slow progress because most people wouldn't take a chance on us and then I started experiment experimenting with doing classic albums like back catalogue stuff and did a couple of those and they went really well and then found a venue that uh, were open to working with us and sort of splitting the money you did Nirvana didn't you was that one we've done Nirvana we've yeah. done Nirvana Unplugged uh, we did one for the recent remaster reissue 25th 30th anniversary um, and we also done Nirvana Unplugged mm. um but yeah, so once we started doing the classic stuff, like it just started like um, getting momentum, and you know, it's just it's grown from there, and it's now running regularly in London, Manchester, um, in Auckland, in New Plymouth, in New Zealand. Uh, we've done a bunch in New York and LA, and are just sort of looking at finding new venues there. But there will be more soon. Um, we've been doing some stuff with Soho Houses in London and Paris. Nashville, Rome, Barcelona, and yeah, oh, Copenhagen we do regularly as well. Hopefully, just found a new event in Amsterdam. So, yeah, it's growing uh, slowly but surely, and we still do premieres. Um, we, we do loads of back catalog stuff all the time, and yeah, I absolutely love doing it. Um, and there's also a spin off which I created called Pitch Black Mixtapes, which is the same concept of you come and sit and listen in the dark to. Um, you know an album that you love but instead of that it's me DJing or like put a mixtape that I put together usually it's kind of on a theme now the last one was like called Deep Space Voyage because it was part of the Castle Cinema in London's Summer of Sci-Fi season and that gives me an opportunity to like tell a story through different artists and genres and moods and intersperse it with found sound and uh, bits from you know interviews and films and uh, yeah, just basically take the concepts mm. into any direction you want. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, Ben. We were, t we were talking a little bit before, weren't we, about how uh, your attention span can be a bit of an issue these days mm. because we're in this sort of always-on 
world and do you think that actually listening then in the dark does help you to pay attention do you think you maybe hear things in a different way you yeah. hear more absolutely yeah it's uh, i always like to say that it's more than the sum of its parts like it sounds so, you know you describe the idea to people and they either sort of get it or they don't mm. and i have to credit my friend uh, uh ben davis who's a great photographer who actually helped me come up with the idea of doing it in the dark because before i just wanted to do it i hadn't really thought about the lighting i just, I just want to play albums and cinemas basically and he was like i don't really get it like why what the point is like are you going to do it in, like pitch black darkness and i was like yes that <laughs> yeah. is it so uh he's had a couple of lunches on me i need to take him out again um for sure uh yeah if you need a wedding photographer ben davis wedding photography.co.uk like that i always have to plug Look him, him up. yeah um but yeah it's really can be very transformative um not only it's not just listening to it in the dark obviously it take it you know enhances your sense of hearing and everything feels more pronounced and intense but there's also something about the physical space that the sound occupies in the room because of the sound systems we use and, and the way it's set up like we up mix the stereo to surround sound usually unless it's like a Dolby Atmos mix which we're doing more and more of mm. um, but that means that some of the sound basically comes out of, you know the rear and, and left and right wall speakers in the room so you are kind of to some degree enveloped in it um, but yeah at its best when it works well on kind of the right albums it, it sort of you can't quite tell where sound's coming from and it feels like yeah there's a very large physical presence in the room that's kind of more akin to like when you go and see a live performance than you know when you're listening on headphones it's like all in your head and it's very introspective and that obviously in itself is an incredible experience because you really are cut off from everything but it's a less I would argue a slightly less natural way to experience music in a way because we don't experience the world by shutting everything off and ramming the music source into our ears we experience music together by listening to it in a shared physical space which has certain um, architectural you know uh, acoustic properties and the room's been acoustically treated in a certain way and uh, some children are rightfully very sad about uh, or excited by it dead bee on the floor so, so it yeah. definitely looks dead doesn't it, it not does. yeah i don't think we, we can't can save, save that one, that one no. No, no um yeah the, well, there's the shared experience as well isn't there yeah you know, when you go to see a dj you go to see a live music show that idea of going to an event being there with people that adds a certain something else to the experience as well doesn't yeah, it? yeah and people have asked us before about doing them on headphones collectively and i always say i will never do that because no because you don't rubbish. feel it yeah it's like you're not... silent disco is never no, a good exa idea exactly and and yeah like i say it feels it for me uh, and i feel I'm sure for other people mm. as well it gives me a, a slightly more subconscious feeling of like the feeling of being at a gig and sometimes actually i'm at a gig and i close my eyes and i'm like this is actually way better yeah because you're not you know you're so far away from them usually and um yeah yeah it definitely just makes your mind go and in more intense places and yeah. yeah people come out and say you know uh some occasionally people don't like it um but most people seem to really enjoy it and, and some of the feedback we get is really amazing to hear people like come out and they were like in tears or they had like a spiritual experience or they're just like very happy and very thankful for us for doing it 
um, and I know some a lot of people see <coughs> the idea and they think it's some hipster nonsense pretentious whatever gimmick but it's really not I do it because I love it I started it because I wanted to hear all my favorite music like that and there are thousands and thousands of people who've come and are profoundly moved by this simple simple but hopefully well executed experience and especially in a day and age when you know in recent years it's been impossible to tour and more and more artists are looking at the way they tour and finding it very unsustainable for the planet I like to think it's the next best experience you can give people to seeing someone live yeah. people can't tour all the time some people don't want to tour some people are no longer with us or they're ill or yeah. they're very far away or you live in New Zealand and you know you're missed off a lot of touring maps or whatever um, so I encourage artists and labels and management to work with us to make more of their fans happier yeah. more of the time and we can all benefit from it and we can all find ways for it to work um, and I am excited and committed to making the sound better and better and you know I think we and the industry in the world is really just getting started I think Dolby Atmos is like a drop in the ocean compared to like where it's going to be in you know 10 20 years I basically envisage and, and people have come up with this idea before and it it was I think Stockhausen invented it yeah. and had it at a world fair like a sphere of sound where you're sort of sat in the middle and there's sort of speakers like all around you that's basically what I want I want to be completely surrounded by it and for it to be possible for sounds to be moved away in like a way that will really yeah exactly excite. it was at a world's fair or something wasn't it <coughs> yeah <coughs> well, expo whatever yeah exactly yeah. We, let's walk back Ben um, and uh, maybe if you can tell us some of the uh, some of the ones that you've got uh Coming, coming up as well. You had you had Nick Cave recently. We you? had Nick Cave this week. Yeah, yeah, we're still. When's this going out? So I know it'll be too much. Uh, probably about three or four years. No, uh, <laughs> less, less, less than that. But it will be. I think it will be. Uh, oof, maybe the start of twenty three, something like that. So. Oh, in which case, uh, I have no idea what we'll have coming up at the start of twenty three. Yeah. I'm working about two months ahead at yeah. the moment sometimes longer but I mean in terms of what we've got coming up which people will have missed by the time this has gone out <laughs> uh, yeah we're get, currently get in your time machine and go and see yeah <laughs> exactly well we'll do them most of them again yeah. at some point so we're just in the middle of doing the we do lots of anniversaries uh, so we're doing the 25th anniversary of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds of yeah. Boatman's Call um, just had that in London and that's around the world at the moment a few places we're going to be doing the 15th anniversaries of Radiohead in Rainbows and Bon Iver's for Emma forever ago. We have. Some... How was that 15 years ago? I know. Yeah, <laughs> these things are always week. slightly terrifying. Yeah. Um, working on some premieres. We're doing some things for Jamiroquai because they're reissuing more of his albums on vinyl. Mm -hmm. We're doing a collaboration with Thousand Wilkins for uh, National Album Day. We're doing an industry event for with Bang & Olufsen for Look to premiere Loyal Karner's new album um, where a couple of our lucky fans will get to join yeah that's the main things on the cards and then we'll just see what else yeah. comes up and I think it's interesting as well talking about um, album day actually this is celebrating the album as a form yeah, exactly. and I think the album has still got legs in it right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, you know, they 
people try and say like the albums are dying kids don't listen to them anymore it's like well they do if you make a good enough album i mean obviously we all do some cherry picking and playlisting and the trend has changed so that album listening is 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 not the dominant form as it used to be um but there's obviously still a place for them and it's important that uh me and other people find ways to carry on reminding people that they are worth giving your time to and, and creating spaces where we can give people the time to just relax and actually appreciate an album in, in its whole you know a lot of people who come to our events say that they, oh, we, I do this at home already anyway um, so you know a lot of people do still do it but yeah you know whether it's me or classic album sundays or tim's listening party you know all these sort of things are, are yeah. great and yeah. people always posting like things on youtube album reviews and like looking back over classic albums and listening to them for the first time and they've heard before stuff like that so yeah the album is not dead it's just uh being slightly revised indeed indeed and just to finish ben what's um what's coming up for you have you got uh, releases in the diary yeah there's uh again like we're talking when this comes out um what do i know i'll have an ep on house of disco records which is a great irish label um which is called the winter garden ep which is named after the room i play at in city foss and very excited we've got a remix coming from panorama bar resident massimiliano pagliara on that which uh, he's currently working on and can't wait to hear so that should be out early 2023 um probably put out more stuff on ten snakes true romance label uh well my third ep desperately seeking something uh and yeah some edits for analog africa and there'll be more stuff on my monologues records label yeah and yeah in terms of djing that far ahead i don't know but i am working on something potentially quite big and international with one of the labels that will so watch this space yeah that will hopefully come to fruition but uh i believe it when i see it <laughs> as all these things right we're back at our bikes ben thank you so much my pleasure for Thanks talking for I hope, yeah i hope you enjoyed our little walk in the park today Very and uh yeah it was nice wasn't it and um yeah i'll see you soon i hope you enjoyed that episode of park date um there's lots more where that came from and there'll be more in the future as well if you enjoyed it please leave a review um good or bad make them funny i'll be reading out the best ones and there'll be a prize for the one that makes me laugh the most name check some trees in your reviews and leave them wherever you get your podcasts from check out our website parkdate.co.uk and um if you see me walking around in a park come and say hello I think that was the sound of someone sneezing um yes thank you bye bye coming up on the next edition of Park Date I'll be interviewing myself
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.